Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the third episode, the third installment of Cruising Through Ghost Town. I'm your host, AJ, and this episode may be probably one of the shortest ones. I do. Hopefully it isn't. Actually, take that back. Okay, hopefully this is the shortest one I do. Um, because I am very tired at the moment. I just finished these notes about like five minutes ago, and... I am going on vacation this week. Um, I have two episodes already planned. One episode coming out tomorrow and this episode coming out next week. So you wanna you won't you wouldn't have known anything about my vacation, so this is why my notes this week are very short. Um hopefully it's still entertaining though, and and let's get on to it. So this is the Eastern State Penitentiary. Located on 2027 Fairmount Avenue in Philadelphia, in the state of Pennsylvania, is the notorious Eastern State Penitentiary. Regarded as one of the most haunted prisons, the Eastern State Penitentiary first opened up its concrete walls in 1829 and would stay around until 1971. Now, this building for its time did not compare to anything else found in Philadelphia due to its looks in general at first. Known as the largest building constructed in the U.S. at the time, the building was designed to deter crime of any sorts by building it with a design that was like a medieval or a gothic style of castle. The original prison was completed under the, under the observance of one architect named John Haviland. Now, according to John, the building should strike fear into the hearts of those who have thought of committing crimes. This building was to deter crimes of any sort. No matter what it is, no matter who did it, this was the asylum to not... This was not asylum. This was the penitentiary to not go to. So, Haviland designed the prison to cover an area of 11 acres with the state-of-the-art plumbing, sewage systems, and 450 centrally heated cells. Now, most of the cells were actually only lit up by one light that was through the roof of the cell to the outside. So, actually, Eastern State Penitentiary was deemed one of the most expensive buildings for that time, coming in at a whopping $780,000. So, now, the Eastern State Penitentiary would develop a system that many other prisons would soon integrate into their own systems. They were very jealous of how strict this system was, so they integrated it into their own. So, for some of you, you probably already know what this is, but the name of this system is called the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania System. So, if you don't know what it is, let me just explain to you what it is. <laughs> The Pennsylvania system was a penal method based around solitary confinement, which they believed would foster penitence and encourage others to reform. So, you know, the rest of the world would have to thank Pennsylvania for this wonderful system of solitary confinement. Yep, let me just give you a, let me just give a big middle finger to Pennsylvania for this. So besides the solitary confinement part, the other prisoner, the other prisons developed 
Eastern State Penitentiary was also known to keep any prisoner-to-prisoner contact at a bare minimum. Eating alone, exercising alone, and reading the Bible alone, which was probably which was the only book that they were allowed to read, Salon was kept to a zero percent. There was also said to be no contact with guards either. And on the rare occasions someone was to be taken out of their cell, they were covered with a hood that was put over their head while they walked. Guards even wore shoe coverings to keep the noise as quiet as possible. So one of the more notable and most gruesome punishments was called the Iron Gag. Now this was a fun machine. Not machine, this was a fun mechanism. So the Iron Gag was a metal contraption that was inserted to the mouth of the victim and that it was attached to chains that bounded the person's hands behind them. And even the smallest movement would cause was would cause lacerations to the inmate's tongue. So this system, however, would be deemed horrendous in the prison, and the system was torn down in the prison in the year of 1913. So, yay? Question with the question mark. It, I mean, <laughs> they got rid of it, so hopefully that's good. So let's get on to the more notable prison inmates of this. Penitentiary. Yeah, I bet it's an asylum again. It's not asylum. So, the first infamous b- criminal being Alfonsi Scarface Capone. Al Capone, as many have known. So, for, for people who don't know, Al Capone was a famous mod bo- mob boss. He was a bootlegger for alcohol during the time of... Jeez, I forgot the name of it. It's going to come to me later, and if it does, I'm going to say it out loud. But if it doesn't, let's just keep going. So, he was a famous mob boss who had stayed a whole eight months in the prison from 1929 to 1930. Now, you see, some may think his crime was something huge. Nope. This was his very first arrest, and it was because of him carrying a concealed and deadly weapon. So, as some would think, that he learned during this time that he spent there, and that he had a very rough time in prison. Nope. He spent those eight months in luxury, with his cell being located on the Park Avenue block where his cell was decorated with fine furniture, a cabinet radio, and oriental rugs. He was basically treated as royalty. Well, as much royalty as you can get... With a prison. Well, plus more. Next inmate being Victor Babe Andrioli. They were convicted of killing a Pennsylvania state trooper in 1937 and would serve a life sentence for first degree murder. However, he escaped in 1943. Um, supposedly, he had snuck away on a delivery truck only to be later caught in Chester. Pennsylvania, in a Chester, Pennsylvania diner, where he was shot dead by the police. And that's a very, I was, gonna, I was going to say fitting end, that made, that would make no sense whatsoever. Okay, next inmate is Morris the Rabbi Bulber. 
So he entered the Eastern State Penitentiary in 1942, where he served a life sentence for being a member of the arsenic murder ring in Philadelphia. This murder ring, from my information, was called the Philadelphia Poison Ring, which was led by the Patrillo cousins, or Patrillo, one of the two. They were cousins, let's just say that. So he was called a veteran witch doctor in a compounder of charms and was one of the leaders of the group. You see, that was also on my, you know, senior superlative. Yeah, most like to become a veteran witch doctor and a compounder of charms. That was my senior senior superlative. Give me a round of applause. Just, come on, just give it to me. So, the group was easily appealed... Okay, no, hold on, let me re reverse that whole thing. The group easily appealed themselves to women who were looking to murder their husbands to collect insurance policies. Now you see, that's a very interesting thing. So, um, between 1932 and 37, the group was ultimately responsible for at least 30 deaths. So, after his incarceration, Bulbert joined the Jewish congrega congregation at the Eastern State Synagogue. Jeez, I am very nauseous right now. Once again, let me take that over again. So after his, so after his incarceration, Bulber joined the Jewish congregation at the Eastern State Synagogue. Yeah, this is wonderful in general, okay? Next criminal would be Leo Callahan. So, being one of the only ones to actually get away with escaping the prison, he was sent there due to charges of assault and battery with an intent to kill. And a makeshift ladder was the reason that he was able to escape. Next person is Frida Frost. So Frida was one of the last women to be brought to Eastern State Penitentiary and served a 20-year sentence for murder. So the murder victim happened to be her husband, whom she poisoned. Give her a round of applause for being original, you know? So one of the last notable criminals to spend time at the Eastern States Penitentiary was a William Francis Slick Willie Sutton. Wow, just imagine that name being on your birth certificate. William Francis Slicky Willie Sutton. Who spent only 11 years at the prison. So he was known as one of the most famous well, famous, infamous bank robbers in American history. And in 1945, Slick Willie, and along with 11 other inmates, escaped Eastern State. Minutes later, though, he was captured, which, you know, that's kind of funny because it's irony because his name was Slick Willie, but he was not slick enough to escape. So after the building being built for obvious comfort and discipline for each of the inmates, the Eastern State Penitentiary actually had its own share of suicides. However, this one's rates were particularly high among the other prisons at the, t prisons at the time. So, because, so, since it took decades for the sol solitary confinements at life to end, many prisoners would develop multitudes of mental illnesses. This would lead to the suicide rates to rise in the prison. Then, in 1971, the Eastern State Penitentiary would shut its doors. 
so you may see so you may be wondering where the prison is today well the actual prison part is shut down no prisoners are available to go into the building well, yet they make no sense whatsoever there are no prisons being held in eastern state penitentiary however tours are available to the public and they're quite popular so ghost tours and general tours of the penitentiary are given between 10 a.m and 5 p.m these tours led to multiple instances of the paranormal taking over. But let us return back to the man himself, Al Capone. So, apparently, one of his one of the very first instances of paranormal activity in the penitentiary would be discovered by one Al Capone. This ghost would apparently haunt him for a while, and was one of the victims of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. The ghost was the spirit of James Jimmy Clark, who Al murdered on that day. So, Al would scream in the middle of the night for Jimmy to leave him alone. Other inmates would hear the screaming and even noted that Al would have conversations with himself. He must have been very popular among the people in there. So, when he was released, he felt that he thought that this would be the end of his hauntings, but boy was he wrong. This spirit would continuously torture him and even followed him to his sentence to Alcatraz prison. So let's get back onto the rest of the spiritual undertaking undertakings. With Cellbox 12, it is known for its echoing voices and cackling. Cellbox 6 is known for its shadowy figures and would that okay, Cellbox 6 is known for its shadowy figures that would dart across the walls. Cell Block 4 is known for people receiving visions of ghostly faces. That's wonderful, right? So many of these reports, many would report seeing silhouettes of a guard that was in one of the towers still standing. So all these occurrences would happen over and over and over again, freaking out many tourists. So one of the most chilling tales come from a Jerry, Jerry, not Jerry. Some of Jesus Christ. Okay, one of the most chilling fate. Tate. You know, English is my first language. I really don't know another language. Okay, so you see, I shouldn't struggle this much with English, but I do. So one of the most chilling tales comes from a Gary Johnson, who keeps the maintenance of the old locks in the prison. Jeez, I am struggling at twelve nineteen a.m. So, back in the early 1990s, Gary had just opened up an old lock to his cell in Block 4, when he reported something grabbed a hold of him with immense force which held him very tightly, and he was unable to move because of this force. He then described a very dark and negative energy that rushed out of the cell itself. He described that multiple tormented faces appeared to him before him on the cell walls, and one in particular called to him. Now, if that were to happen in my room, I would just completely move out, and if, and if that were to happen at my job, I would quit the very next day, or just run, run, and run on the spot and just never come back. You know, that's what a normal person would do. But, um, this may be a short episode. It is a short episode. Um, that's all I have for today, for you today. Hopefully, next week, I will give you a very long one, very interesting case. And I hopefully all of you have an amazing day. Stay safe out there.
and I will see you all until next time. See ya. Bye.